We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let me welcome you into the Field of 68's SEC Preview Podcast. I am joined today by Florida's Patrick Young and Arkansas's Pat Bradley, two of the best-looking guys that you are going to see on the SEC Network this season. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, man. Pat's giving me some energy. You got two Pats on board with you right now? Man, we're doing great. That's it. We got got the old head, and then we got the young guy, Pat Young, (laughs) who's still in shape. (laughs) Show him the weight belt, Pat. Show him the weight belt. Now, this right here... It's how we used to get it done back in the day. That's when you could squat. See, now they don't allow any basketball players to squat now. We used to do back squats, front squats. So this right here was made by the legendary Cadillo Weight Belt Company. We got it right there, my name on it. Put this thing on, although it doesn't fit me now. But when I need motivation, I just get my coach, Noah Ridges and Bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> and he just i see him shaking his head off oh, pat forget about it there you go about forget about it that's how i get my motivation so right. but I'm, I'm glad we're back at it man this is uh it feels like it's been two seasons you know it feels like we almost missed last season really um so i'm glad things seem to be pointing in the right direction this year getting back on campus and connecting with a lot of the guys that weren't able to connect with last year yeah, I've, I've said this a lot um, heading into this season. I, I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a college basketball season than this one. It might just be because it's been like two years since I've been to a real game. You know, college basketball is never – it's never going to be a better product on the court than the NBA. It's never going to be bigger than college football because football is always going to be bigger than basketball in this country. But the thing that makes it special is the environment, the fans, the student sections, the people yelling at you, people going crazy uh, two nights a week in these buildings. and we're going to have that back again this season, hopefully yeah. for the whole year. So uh, that's what I'm excited about. I'm also excited about the SEC. Well, I almost here's... squirted somebody with a, with a water bottle when we played at the O'Connell Center in Florida because they th- those fans lean over the, the row because your bench is right there. It is Basketball is the most intimate setting of all the sports. And so Florida is one of those arenas – where the fans can literally put their face in your timeout. And uh, that happened to us a few times. 
and I had the squirt bottle ready just in case somebody got a little too close to us. Did you do it? I didn't do it. I, I didn't do it. Oh, 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 the old man with the red face stepped back far enough so that we could get down to business and I didn't have to take care of business. <laughs> well, anyway, back to business. The uh, my, my hottest take heading into this college basketball season is that the SEC is going to be the best conference in college basketball this year. And the reason I think that is because if you look at – I think there's a pretty clear-cut top eight, Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Florida, and Mississippi State. That doesn't include the team coached by Buzz Williams. That doesn't include the team coached by Frank Martin. That doesn't include the team coached by Conzo Martin. It doesn't include the team coached by Tom Crean, and it doesn't include the team coached by Kermit Davis. Patrick Young, tell me why – uh, tell, tell me why I'm wrong, or am I right? Is this going to be end up being the best uh, the best conference in college basketball this year? You know, I, I can play devil's advocate with myself. You know, I, I you know, in, in a biased standpoint, I always thought the SEC was, you know, at one of the top or you know conferences in in the league. We always have a, a really good number of teams that make it to the tournament. Uh, what makes it so difficult to actually know on paper? is this doggone transfer portal um, that the team that, you know, it's the teams are completely different um, than last year, but, you know, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Bama, Auburn, as you just said, uh, fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited for them uh, coming up next year. You know, Kentucky had a horrendous year, an outlier year. Sometimes you need one of those to really remember the, the glory days, one of those years where uh, things don't work out. So, for the fans, when they come back and the team is winning again, like, you know, uh, like the Browns, you you would you look at now the Browns are actually like a, a competitive football team. But, they, hey, they almost went 0-16 a few years ago. Um, but I'm really excited, especially for um, – I mean, Florida's not uh, – it's, it's unknown where they're going to be with, the, you know, losing losing four guys to transfer, two to the, to the draft, and then eight new guys in. Arkansas has uh, done a lot as well as bringing in so many new players. Kentucky, you know, Coach Calipari did a great job of bringing in a lot, a lot of, you know, he's, he's only going to bring in Premier's talent. That's just his MO. Um, the best, uh, why not? Why not? Why not the SEC? Um, I think it's a fantastic league. You look at the coaching, um, even though some of the coaches, you know, you look at Tom Crean, you look at Jerry Stackhouse, uh, Buzz Williams, there are programs that need to turn a new leaf, but their level of coaching, they've had success. So uh, why, why not them? Why not this year where every team has actually had a chance to truly prepare in the preseason and even actually start practice even earlier, which, uh, you know, I was talking to the athletic trainer. He didn't necessarily like it, but at least, you know, you can, they're, they're having full practice, you know, almost a month and a half before uh, when I was in school, our, our first practice was October 15th, and we started two-a-days, and they started practicing, uh, I think, full full practice, like, end of July, uh, which is pretty – I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully there's not many injuries. Uh, but I'm super excited. You know, it's, it's going to be great for the SEC this year. I, I expect at least – and I'm going to call it eight teams to make the tournament this year. Yeah, I, th- I think we can get eight. And, you know, Pat, are you, uh, are you good down there? You got everything situated? You got your camera facing the right direction? <laughs> I'm good. I'm figuring it out. It, listen, technology is, they made it too easy to record everything these days. I mean, you accidentally are recording things. Now, you, you got to always assume that you're being recorded. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm keeping my shirt on for you. But I do agree. I mean, we, we could have eight, nine, depending on how things shake out. Think of this. The SEC 
preseason player of the year is on a Vanderbilt team that is going to be fighting to get to the SEC, I mean, excuse me, to get to the NCAA tournament. So my point is you've got a team now with Vanderbilt, um, you know, they're, they're in the, I would say the, not the last tier of the SEC, but they're in contention to maybe fight to make an NCAA tournament. So, and I think Pat Young talked about it when he said it's the coaches. To me, this league turned when Greg Sankey said to each university, guys, you're going to invest money in basketball. You're going to do what you can to get the best coaches. Best coaches are going to attract the best players. What's going to happen is now the, the alumni, the donors, the school is going to give you the best facilities. And so you, you, you see the benefits now of everything, uh, reaping those benefits. And so, yeah, Kentucky last year and, and all of last year was so difficult. Everything was upside down. I mean, we need Kentucky to be good, right? That's We always assume they are, I think, from a national perception. If, uh, if, if Kentucky is down, people don't, or if they lose games, or if they don't win the SEC, they think that Kentucky's bad. They never really give credit to the other teams. And so uh, I just look at this collection of coaches. They understand, first of all, how to recruit high school kids, but they understand how to get transfers on the same page, mesh them together. And you look at Eric Musselman, he was a coach in the NBA for two different teams. And, and he, I think there was a story where he, when he was a CBA coach, he set a record for like 30 trades in his first 30 days on the job. So he understands like turnover of roster. And you got to welcome that though. Like if you're going to coach in the SEC, like we know how crazy SEC football is. In how the coaches have to have a certain they're, – they're a certain breed of human. I think with SEC basketball, it's the same thing because the fan bases demand so much. These coaches have to accept the challenges. It's like Bruce Pearl. He's excellent, checks all the boxes, understands how to deal with fan base, understands how to deal with media, understands how to recruit, create a team, form a team, get transfers in. So to me, it's about the coaches and they've got the right guys in all, in all these 14 schools. So, you know, what else about Bruce Pearl? He is a guy that loves taking his shirt off as well. So he, I can see why yes. you like him so much. Hey. Matt. And um, he's, let, he's a Boston guy too. Yeah, he is. There you go. Sending all these Boston guys to, uh, to the SEC <laughs> States and they start taking off their shirts. I, I think that's what it is. I think we figured out the trend right there. I do want to ask you a little bit about, um, about Moss and, and kind of, as, as an Arkansas guy, right, as someone that played there, uh, he's, it feels like he's gotten that fan base inspired again. And yeah. it, it's – you mentioned it about Kentucky. I think it's true about Arkansas as well. College basketball is a better sport when that fan base is engaged, when they're passionate, when they're going nuts, when, they, uh, when they're paying attention, when they're watching games. So what are you expecting out of this group this year? It's never easy to, to kind of remake rosters this quickly, but it feels like he's kind of figured out the, uh, the, the code to making that work. Yeah, I think they're in contention. If you want to pick Kentucky to win the league, that's fine. Arkansas has got, if you want to say 1A, 1B, with, you know, I think Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, legit chance to win the league, all equal. Alabama right there Mm -hmm. um, with Auburn, an outside shot depending on what happens. But the the, the unique thing that Musselman's able to do is explain in excellent detail to each player, the expectations. 
So that's why he sits down with these transfers and he identifies what he needs for his, what he's creating, his chemistry, his team chemistry. He understands who can I coach the way I need to coach. And that's why he's attracting those certain kids. Chris likes to transfer from Miami. Chris likes and J.D. Note, who was the sixth man of the year last year, J.D. Note, they may, they, they are the two among the two best one-on-one college basketball players in the country. Okay. So he's got guys that can break you down. I don't know if he's going to be as good defensively uh, last year, but again, he does not mind taking all new faces and putting them together. I mean, he accepts that challenge and there are some coaches that don't want to deal with that. And that's fine. However, in today's college basketball, if you don't welcome that, um, you're going to be left behind most likely. Uh, and he does welcome that, but he brings back Devo Davis, who is another guy who is an absolute freak. He is going to be in the NBA. He's got a wingspan through the roof. He's got a mentality that he loves to lead. Um, and uh, Jalen Williams is um, – he's sort of a unicorn type player. Big kid. He's a, group, a really good rebounder, uh, can protect the rim. He's a great passer with great vision. And he's a much better three-point shooter. I mean, the kid's 6'10". He's got a very nice stroke. Um, and you add in some of those older transfers. Hey, guys, you know, some of these guys are 23 years old. You know, yep. that's – when I was playing, that's how old – college basketball players were, you know what I'm wow. saying? So Muss is able to, to mix in some of, um, they only got one freshman this year. Uh, they're bringing in a really good class next year. I'm sure you've heard uh, currently, I think ranked number two. Um, but Muss is just so detailed and he's demanding. He is, the dude is a task master, very demanding. So I think he gets the most out of his guys and he's just, his ability to break down and detail and game plan um, is is among the best in the country from yeah, game the, to game. The, the two older transfers you mentioned were Odyssey Tony uh, from Pitt. Yeah, Pitt Steely, yeah. I'm going to butcher his last name. Is it Umudi? Umude. Umude. I think it's Umude. Umude, yeah. Okay. So I, I think he's going to kind of play. Those, those guys are going to kind of fill he's that the Moses, real deal. Moses Moody role that he played last year. Yeah. Is, you know, the bigger wing that can kind of space the floor and knock shots out. I think they're going to be really good. They are, to me, I think there's a top four in this league. Uh, Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, and um, and Arkansas, Pat uh, Pat Young. It, it's going to confuse me having two guys named Pat on this uh, on on this broadcast. I'm big P-Y, P-Y, man. P-Y, 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 P-Y that's easy. Put some spec on my name. <laughs> I like P-Y better. P-Y better. There we go. All right, so P-Y, who do you have as your uh, as the favorite in this league? Who's your best team? Man, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but I have to go with, out of the top five right now, it's, it's obviously, you know, and this is not in any order. I agree. I agree with what Pat said earlier. I, I think Bama has a chance to mess it up again, you know, mess up the, the mix again. Um, Trevor Relford is a guy that I played, played against, um, played against him uh, my four years in college when he was at Alabama. And he said, it's, it's NCAA tournament or bust for them over there at Alabama. I think that they're going to have another fantastic team. I'm super high on uh, Quinterly. I think he's he he to me is my player of the year. Um, and I and the reason I say that I, I go with the best player on the best team. And I think he's going to be uh, if he can lead his team, if he can lead Alabama to to finish uh, one two around there because uh, he just is so dynamic. 
He's electric. I really love watching him play, how he can actually shoot the ball, getting around. I think Alabama's three and D, how fast they just get the ball up the court and how uh, and everyone's knocking down threes. Like, you you have to be, you know, head on a swivel. Um, and the, the toughest thing for any team to guard is, tra- is to do is to have, like, great transition defense. A team, like, they, they, they can rebound well and they get it out on you, and you got four other guys, sometimes all five of them can knock down the three. And if your other team has no sense of urgency getting back on defense, you know, Alabama's going to make you make you pay. Yeah, yes, they get up a lot of threes, and, of course, you're going to miss, but guess what percentage of show, you know, you're getting those high-quality shots. You, you know, you make more threes than the other teams making twos. You know, you're going to score more points than them. So, for me, um, I mean, I, 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 of course, I expect Kentucky to, to rebound. John Calipari was uh, – does not, you know, that abysmal year they had last year is not going to want to repeat that. Um, you know, he's got everyone hounding him on his back. The fans are like, you know, they, they want to win. Not just, of course, they like seeing their guys going to the NBA, um, having good careers, but Kentucky fans want to win. They don't, you know, at the end of the day, they want more banners up. Um, and I think Alabama has a chance to, to, to disrupt them like they did last year. Yeah, I think you're spot on with Quinterly. I talked with Nate Oates um, earlier this week, and they, they love him. They, he's been their best player um, in the preseason. It's just his ability to kind of lead the break and hit ahead in transition and make the right pass. I think the thing we forget about Quinterly is this is the first, like, normal basketball season he's going to have since before his senior year in high school because he dealt with all the FBI stuff. And then he had the uh, the year at Villanova where he just could not crack the rotation. Then he had the red shirt sit out season. And then he had last year, which was it was not normal for anyone. There were no fans in the stands. There was isolation yeah. and everything. So I think we're going to actually see um, Jelly Fam JQ, the uh, the best of the best with him. The but one thing it, I'm worried. Go ahead. Pat. I was going to add to that last season when Alabama was going on their run. I mean, Quinterly was the guy. They put the ball in his hands multiple yes. times and beat the liver, man, when, just in tough situations. Was he another he player guy. of the year in the SEC tournament? Am I making that up? I'm pretty sure he was. Um, he, you mean the SEC player, player of the tournament? Yeah, tournament MVP. player of the year. I think I'm that pretty... was Herb, I think Herb Jones about that, didn't he? Probably Herb Jones. I don't know. I don't know, but he, he – it was. I mean, it was hand-in-hand. Hand. It could have been either one. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, when Quinterly was rolling, he was their most consistent player. Uh, towards the end of last year. There's no doubt. And listen, you, you guys are talking me into Alabama right now. The one thing, because when you see Jaden Shackelford, mm-hmm. Javon Quinterly, uh, J.D. Davison, we yep. know that offense is going to spread you out and they're going to break you down. I think the, 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 the luxury that they had last year with Herb Jones being so versatile defensively, I mean, dude, what, 6'8"? So he could protect the rim like a big man. Uh, even John Petty. Was was and when he was engaged defensively, he could protect the rim. That's the one thing. Um, and Bama had um, they had a couple injuries to their big guys last year, and they're bringing back some big guys. The the one thing for me is going to be are they going to have and Nate Oates knows this. That's why you're right. Would I be surprised at the end of the season if Alabama wins the SEC? I would not. What I would think that they would need was to have that rim protection. PY, you understand how valuable that is of all the great guards. I, I do think you're not going to go very far in the league or the tournament if you don't have good guards to break down any defense. However, if you do not have some kind of rim protection or some ability to score at the rim, whether it be offensive rebound, and, and Alabama can do that because they break it down late in. Uh, so that's just what, what I would want to see 
uh, their ability to do at times be able to protect that rim when they need to. Yeah, and to your point, everyone talks about Alabama's offense and how quick they are in the threes that they shoot. They finished last season ranked third nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency on yeah. uh, Camp Pop. So let's, before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins and North Carolina's Shimon Williams and Michigan's Stu Douglas and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. Let's talk about Kentucky a little bit because I think this is the most interesting one. I'm I'm willing to just write off all of last season because of everything yeah. that they were dealing with. When you have that many new people and you don't get an offseason to get acclimated with each other, when you don't have the opportunity to kind of experience the team building process that comes with, you know, something as simple as having dinner together instead of having to go back to your dorm room and eat by yourself, right? Yeah. I, I just I'm willing to write off everything that they dealt with last season. Uh, PY, talk to me about this team. Um, and what you're kind of expecting out of them. Look, Keon Brooks, I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, Severe, Severe Wheeler, Kellen Grady, CJ Frederick. I think they have some really good guards this season, uh, and I'll be yeah. very interested to see how Oscar Sheway, who may be the, uh, the strongest guy in the SEC since you graduated, um, I'll be very <laughs> interested to see how he kind of develops. Hey, what do you expect? Who out carries of around their weight belt? Me or PY? Huh? Come on now. Hey. Give me some respect. Hey. Hey, well, you're, you're just a little bit older than him. I'll show you up on a 380-yard drive. <laughs> um, but in terms of Kentucky, man, um, you know, I, I'm willing to count off last year as well. It's so strange, you know, Kentucky not making the tournament and just all that stuff. Un- unbelievable. Um, but, you know, Ty Ty Washington, he better show up. My man just got a Porsche deal. <laughs> My man just got a Porsche deal in, in college. So, uh, you know, he better show up. Because you're doing all these things to that level, to that extent, um, you know, <laughs> I just I can't imagine. I just, Rob, I just can't imagine just uh, get, signing a Porsche deal as like a freshman <laughs> in college, right. and it's it's legal, it's allowed. Um, yeah, yeah, when you, you got those, Py, when you got those, it wasn't legal, huh? They just that that was the under the table thing where they say, oh yeah, I'm paying. Don't worry about that. I'm paying those bills. But I can just imagine, just you know, you know, thinking of my days with Coach Donovan, I can just try to put myself in the time machine of like, you know, now that NIL changes have happened, just you know, if you're not performing on the court, I can just hear, I can hear Coach Donovan just making fun or just like 
picking oh. at me or something. Why, why don't you get out there and get in your Porsche or something? You just <laughs> drive around. And, I don't know. Just I can just feel it. But when it comes to Kentucky, you know, uh, the key for them has always been having great point guard play. You know, being able to have a team that is led by a dynamic point guard that just makes it so hard on opposing defenses. Um, you know, we, we, we always hear the phrase, you know, good defense, better offense. Uh, and the point guard play that John Calipari has had in these last few years, you know, excluding last year, uh, is, is due to just his great recruitment and just knowing the fit of the right players to, to be in that position, they're ready to step up in that role. He, you know, I've seen how he, he coaches and practices. Uh, he puts so much pressure on his guys because he expects excellence, wants them to be exceptional. He will not accept anything less than that. Um, he wants, he loves his players so much and he knows that he wants them to achieve all their dreams. So, and winning, winning is the cure for all of that. Um, and that is what he, the culture that he's instilled at Kentucky, uh, again, last year being an outlier, you know, that, that last year for the players that returned and the players coming in, they're going to do everything they can to not recruit whatever was on the list of things not to do. We're going to do the exact opposite. You know, those, those, the culture, the the attitudes, the, the suspensions, the egos, all that stuff, scratch it out the door. We're coming to win because when we win, everybody wins. Um, so, so it'll be nice to see Coach Cal step up and, and do his thing again, even though it, it kind of hurts me to see uh, Big Blue on top. But uh, it's going <laughs> to be a it's going to be a really competitive year. And it's really, you know, Pat, to your point, man, it's really awesome to see Arkansas and Coach Musselman uh, bringing, bringing, bringing them back in the mix because they weren't very good when I played them. Rough years is no doubt. Um, the one thing for me with, with Kentucky, last year they struggled to score. It was painful at times to watch them put the ball in the bucket. Like Bill Russell says, the name of the game is put the ball in the hole. It is and will always be the name of the game. That's why everybody loves a shooter, okay? That's why every coach needs a shooter on their team. And they got a couple of them. They could, uh, CJ Frederick and, and Kellen Grady, they're proven shooters. You can remember last year when Kentucky was struggling well, they go they they go to Mississippi State at Mississippi State and win when they had uh, you know guy hit six threes coming off the bench. So how can you create easy scoring opportunities? So there were times in the past when Kentucky was making that run to the Final Four that they had guys like Pat Young, guys who played around the rim, aggressive. You miss a shot, they're there to get you chunk dunk. Okay, so do they have if they don't have that? then they're going to have to have a point, a guard, Ty Ty Washington. Can, I mean, can we start our jokes now? He plays like a Porsche. He's fast. He gets in the lane. I mean, I mean, can you hear all these race car jokes? Just going to be, I mean, I can hear him now, right? The only but problem is it, he like got that. an SUV. Like he got an SUV, right? I don't think he got one of the sports cars. He got an SUV. When, when I saw it, it looked like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like throwing any shade on, on the Porsche game, but it looked like a Dodge Charger. With like a Porsche logo, <laughs> like I'm not even joking. The picture that I saw, but it's got a Porsche logo, so you're really paying for the logo. You see what I'm saying, fellas? But he's not. He, he's getting paid for it. He's not paying anything. Right, 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 right. That, that's that's the good part. But about did they just give it to him to drive? Cool. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did they just give it to him to drive? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure he's getting something out of it. Yeah, 
It's probably gas. Hey, what, is, uh, what I want to know, what I want to know, Pat, is um, before we continue the the Kentucky conversation, what were you driving when you were in college with your shirt off? And I actually with shirt off. It, it, it had to have been some like 1975 pickup. That's what I'm picturing you in right now with your shirt off. We, we did have an old big boy that had a, had a red pickup. He was a farmer. No, I never owned a car. Where I grew up, you walked everywhere. So, you know, I grew up in, in, in uh, the city of Everett, which is like, you know, a mile north of Boston. So I never had a car. I never wanted a car. Never needed one. But I ended up getting one like my junior year in college it was like a 1989 audi okay and i drove i drove that thing till the wheels popped right off and uh that's not, i mean i've only owned two cars my whole life that's it so a 1989 audi and whatever you're driving right now well yeah not well i had a 2004 denali that I drove up until last year and then we traded in and got my wife a new car. And then I took the old, I had, now I'm driving the old beat up one again. So. <laughs> hey, look, there's nothing wrong with a nice beater. All right. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> that's oh. right. Hey, I, that's right. I'm not, I, I don't have to clean it. I don't have to worry about it. Exactly. You get you from A to B. Exactly. <laughs> so here's, here, here's my hot take on Kentucky. I, I think that we're going to see the most modern offense that we've seen out of Kentucky since I don't know, probably since Cal got there. Cause it feels like, I mean, uh, PY, you can attest to this, man. They, they run basically the same stuff now that they ran when you were there. Um, yeah. Cal is as much as anybody plays like two bigs and, and really wants to have that kind of throwback style. Like he wants, he always wants a seven footer that's going to go and catch everything at the rim and uh, block everything at the rim. And I think everywhere else in basketball, you're kind of seeing it trend away from that. And he's leaning into it. But Ross, doesn't year, he have that luxury though every year? Like yeah, he, he has does. to pick up the litter to get the best big man, most athletic big man. He's got the, the that, that I think that's what was the head scratcher last year and maybe the you know last couple of years was what, what what's the disconnect here? Because we know Cal is among the best recruiters maybe ever. So what's the disconnect? And Maybe it was just team chemistry. Like the talents there, we know it was. They got five stars next to their name, don't they? So right. I, I think, you know, that that's all the challenge is like this year. They've got you what you would think on paper is is a team to do damage. Um well, I mean but, it but, is because look, here's the thing. You got that big guy inside in, in, in Sheway, right? And Damian Collins too. But then you have Guys like C.J. Frederick and Kellen Grady and Ty Ty Washington, Severe Wheeler, uh, Dante Allen, that are going to make you guard them on the perimeter. So instead of having five guys yeah. around, like hanging off of Shibway as he tries to finish, you got to guard those guys. C.J. Frederick is not going to miss if you leave him open. Hey, you forgot about Severe Wheeler? No, I said him. I got him in there. Yeah, oh, fourteen seven. Yeah, he's 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 really good. He's a beast. Um, huh? So I here here's my my. My, another big question I have in the SEC is kind of is Tennessee and like what we're going to see out of them because I feel like when they were at their best, they had all of these guys that were under recruited, three star players that had something to prove that had a chip on their shoulder. The Grant Williams, the Admiral Schofields, Jordan Bones, and those dudes were killers when they got older. And now Rick is kind of going back to like getting these five star players, and I feel like it's kind of gone a little bit away from what made that program great when he like when they were winning the sec and they were making sweet 16s and getting to the lead ace. Does that does that make sense or am i kind of reading too much into it what do you guys think well i'll, I'll say watching those guys and get to know those guys don't forget over the course of a few years now i mean those, those were 
older guys, right, mature guys, I think they were unique. I really do. And I think that was it's, – it's sort of like, uh, yes, they were under-recruited. And now you look at them, though, as they developed. And they're just unique men, unique leaders. And I'm not trying to, like, get all corny or anything like that, but it's just you knew those two guys are going to be successful. Like, you can invest in those guys and, and what they were doing – was going to affect the whole team. I just thought they were great leaders. And you go back to last year, um, and they were all good players. But the issue was there wasn't anybody who was taking the lead consistently from an offensive standpoint. Eve Pons, great player, did not have the mentality, though, to say, I'm going to get 30 tonight. Fulkerson just didn't have that mentality. JoJo uh, James, Josiah Jordan James, great talent. Kid can do everything with basketball. But when it comes down to I got to get I got to we got to get this win I I got to get thirty didn't have it so and then those two youngsters um, were able to develop that towards the end of the year I think Kennedy Chandler from point guard standpoint has that mentality everybody is better they're gonna play you know they're gonna defend well they're always gonna give them a chance because they're gonna defend well uh, but it's that one difference maker on an offensive side of the ball that could push them through and win those tough games Py. It was just so strange because I, I remember going into the into the season, and I think I, I don't know if I was on a call with you, Rob, at the time. We were like Tennessee, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win the league uh, this uh, this upcoming year. Uh, regards to last year, we had such high hopes on them, and then Florida beats them by twenty six at home. Florida team that you know was able to, you know, the only big win, really big win that I think Florida had last year was beating West Virginia on the road, and then they come back home and lose to South Carolina Carolina at home. They didn't even really have a big guy. Uh, but it's just, it just seems so strange. Like, there, for some reason, the chemistry for that Tennessee team, it was just so, so influx. To your point, Pat, yeah, nobody seemed to step up and but, just, hey, I, I'm the guy. I'm going to – we need a bucket, it's going to be me. There, there was just so much inconsistency, which is so rare for, for a Rick Barnes team. Um, but, you know, it's college basketball. You know, but, whatever. but then, Pat, you, the one thing is you wonder, was there even a guy on the roster that could Was there it? a guy? Like, you know, yeah. Keon Johnson and James Spring, obviously, and NBA guys. And they were young, so they had to maybe learn how yeah. to do it. You know, as a freshman, you sometimes you're given the keys to the Porsche. right. Hey. I, got another, I got another one in. Sometimes you're given to the keys to the push day one. The coach and everybody sort of knows, yeah, this, this kid's the man. And sometimes it takes a freshman halfway through the SEC season to figure yep. out, okay, I can do this. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of what happened in Tennessee. Yep. To, yeah, to I, your I, point, I, I feel as though that's exactly what Bradley Beal went through in my year. I mm. think he had a, a pretty slow year starting off. And from what I've seen, how he performed AAU basketball and knowing him personally, how hard he worked, it was just something had to click mentally. And for us to like, hey, Brad, if you if you can see the rim, you're open. (laughs) (laughs) You think about go go attack the basket. But, you know, to your you know, another thing, you know, when I when I got a chance to talk to Coach White on my podcast and I'm sure every school across the country experienced it, you know, they had no locker room. They had no like the, the dynamics and the adversity. There was one player at Florida, and I don't know, I don't know the, the dynamics of other schools that had to go on a quarantine like four times oh, during yes. the season. Can you just imagine just the 
in a in a hotel by yourself. Your teammate, you, all you can do is play video games. You can't connect. You're not uh, building that camaraderie in the locker room. Yeah, you can't um, even stay in shape. Like you're, you got to spend ten days in a hotel room or in a dorm room. Like when I when I had to quarantine, at least I was in a basement and there was like a a, a peloton room to work out down there. Not that I did it, right. but like there, I had the, <laughs> the opportunity to do it. These kids were sitting in a dorm room, like trying to do yeah. push ups and and air squats and and have that keep you in shape to play college basketball in the SEC. It's not. It's just not possible to do that. But to both of your points, I do think that what Tennessee had a lot of last year were great role players and great guys that can finish plays and no one that could be that creator that could set the table for them. And Kennedy Chandler to me is just like that guy. He's he's going to be yeah. the kind of premier uh, set the table point guard, the guy that we're watching. We're like, oh, yeah, that's such a great pass. How did he see that pass? How did that pass get there kind of a thing? Um, all right, I want to ask you guys about Auburn, LSU, and Florida because to me they're kind of – in that next tier of teams. Uh, so, P.Y., why don't you start? Let's let's talk about these Gators, man. There's, I think they have nine new faces coming in. Hey, um, but it, it does feel like this is kind of a roster where it, it should be able to fit what, what Mike is looking for out of a, uh, out of a team and out of a program, right? Like, they, they got some athletes. They got some shooters. It, it, I like this roster. And they got a kid named Flanders Fleming. How can you not love <laughs> a dude named Flanders Fleming? Yeah, I think they just call him Philan, but he arguably the best name in college basketball. I hope he like explodes this year, so everyone just knows his name because he's uh he's big time. But yeah, I mean it's 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 difficult for uh you know this new platform, this new landscape of college basketball to ensure that continuity and success. But what Coach White did was, uh, and he has had a you know a great tenure, and it, it's always tough, you know, when you're. Uh, Coach Spurrier always says, you don't want to be the guy after the guy. You know, you don't want to be you don't want to be the guy that's coming in after, you know, the, the one that did all the wins. But, you know, Coach White has had you know, you know, the only the only real stain that I'll put on his his time so far is that he has not beat Florida State in his six times so far. Um, so I'm actually going to be covering that game. I'll be there oh, in, in Gainesville. Uh, so I'm hoping we can break that streak. But bringing in, are you? Well, hey, if they do win, are you taking your shirt off on the sideline in the booth? Ah, you gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta rip the shirt off just like we'll this. Do it for the Roddy Reptiles. We'll <laughs> see. Well, I might, I might, I might think about it for the Roddy Reptiles. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, now with this, you know, four guys transfer, two to the two to the NBA, uh, eight new guys in. I think six transfers, two freshmen. Like, mm-hmm. who's going to start? You know, the guys that did stay, I think that, and I think there's only the only guy that returned to Florida that was one of my coach White's actual recruits and that through the transfer portal is Jason Jatobo. He's the only returner and he he hasn't really had significant playing time. It, it's been a little bit difficult for him. Like he's a he's a big guy. And when he, you talk about strength, he's strong, but you know, he's he's gotta continue to cut down some of that body fat so he can be on the court for longer because I've seen him. He's effective, but like, you know, if you're tired after three minutes and you can't show up and get back up and down the court. Coach White is not going to play you. But Coach White, you know, it's, it, it, when you have such a new team and hopefully he's doing a great job putting those guys through a lot of adversity and pressure situations and just seeing how they react when, his, when it hits the fan. Uh, so he, he can kind of you know, do the best job he can for that first starting five to, to step in. But I'm really high on Tyree Appleby. I think he's a great returner. For them, I think he definitely should be the starting point guard for that team. Um, he showed that he's pretty fearless. He, he gets a little loose with the ball sometimes, um, you know, and that kind of hurt the Gators a little bit in the last, the last uh, in the tournament, in the in the uh, SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. But really high on C.J. Felder. 
Um, it was a disappointment that Noah Locke decided to transfer, but um, I'm not surprised because uh, him being a shooter, he he thought he wasn't getting uh, involved in the offense enough. And it's like, hey, man, you pretty much have the green light from the parking lot. What else more do you want? But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this Florida team with so many transfers and making sure, like, these guys that were the guy where they were before but just wanted to come into this and fit in this role and be be a piece of the cog, how are they all going to fit in when they're not getting as many shots or as many touches as they were before? And hopefully – Oh, it, it can all turn to winning. Um, Florida has struggled so much with easy baskets, just getting the ball in the hoop. It, it seemed like when I go to their games, they had to fight so hard. Everything is in the shot clock or a bad shot. We're not getting second. We're not getting offensive rebounds. Other team pushes it up, get, getting layups to the basket. So hopefully, you know, now that we have some some scores on the on the squad, um, we can create those easier baskets and, and, and knock some shots down. Mm. So the, the two guys I think are really going to be interesting on this year's team. One, Colin Castleton. I mean, he had such a, a great season yeah. last year, really a breakout guy, probably one of one of the one of the best bigs, if not the best big yeah. in the SEC this season. And then Myron Jones coming in from Penn State. Like that dude could really fill it up. Great shooter. Yeah. Uh, Average 15 a game in the Big Ten last year. We know how good the Big Ten is. Um, Pat, uh, I, I want to ask you about Auburn because I do feel like this is a team that's kind of – it's going to be a little bit different than what – we're used to seeing out of a, a Bruce Pearl team, like normally they just have that great little point guard that can kind of get up and down the floor, shoot a ton of yeah. threes. Whereas this year they're kind of, I mean, it's going to be Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, at least until uh, Wes Flanagan gets back from this um, Achilles injury and hopefully he gets back. Healthy. He's, he's a stud. There was one thing in that final four run, obviously uh, Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, excellent guards, veteran guards, but I thought Bruce Pearl did an excellent job of utilizing Okiki, remember Chuma Okiki was mm-hmm. he was an incredible offensive weapon, and and Coach Pearl figured out how to get him in an advantage mismatch every time down the floor. Whether that was posting him up on the elbow, uh, the mid post, taking his, his defender up to the three point line, clearing out a side for him. So I, I think sometimes he's such a good coach. He's going to see where his advantages are. They. The, uh, one of the transfers that they had was uh, K.D. Johnson, um, who when I saw him from Georgia last year, man, I was impressed. I was He's just a big, thick kind of a bull kind of kid that could get downhill fast and, and create a lot of things. Um, and, and he's got size too, man. Devin Cambridge, Alan Flanagan. He's always going to have those athletic wings that – I've always said this like about his teams. You, you, you watch him during the season, and then all of a sudden – you'll have a kid go for 25 and you never heard of his name before. And it's like, how is he able to do that? So I think his development throughout the season, you're going to see at some point um, a guy that we haven't talked about, get him for 20. And then that guy is going to be competing for minutes. So he's, he just does a good job of keeping everyone engaged. Um, of course, that freshman Jabari Smith, I was talking to uh, Damian Fishback. Um, and he just said he's from what they've seen, He's everything and more than the, what they expected. So yeah, he, he's so smooth he, as a shot maker at that size. Like yeah, all just, SEC as a yeah, freshman, yeah, uh, most likely. The the two yeah. point guards I think are going to be interesting: Wendell Green uh, and and Zepp Jasper. Um, it sounds like you know, I talked to Bruce last week. It sounds like they're really high on uh, on Wendell. Um, although mm-hmm. Zepp is probably the better defender, so it's going to be. I, I, I'm guessing that they're probably going to be kind of splitting minutes 
um, early on this season. LSU was interesting to me, uh, a little bit less so with without Adam Miller. He just tore his, uh, I think he's tore his ACL on Wednesday, I believe. So a lot of that is going to come down to Xavier Pinson. But I mean, there's so many new faces, yeah. so many players in new roles. Um, I think Will's going to have a lot of work to try to get stuff done. The team that I think is a sleeper, PY, and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't think enough people are talking about Mississippi State. Iverson Moore yeah. is an absolute stud. They got Rocket Watts coming in, second chance guy. DJ Jeffries coming in, really, really good wing player. I think he's better than people realize that he is. Garrison Brooks was the ACC preseason player of the year last year before kind of having a tough season. Tolo Smith averaged 13 and 8 in the league last year. And they got a kid named Shaquille Moore coming in from NC State who had a couple of uh, really big blow up games for him last season. I don't know if they have a true point guard. I don't know if it's going to matter. Like, I think this is like the perfect kind of team for Ben Howland. To me, yeah. I think that they probably finished top six in the league, maybe top five. I think they're a top 25 team. Yeah, that's de- they're definitely a team that has the capabilities when we are talking about earlier, those eight teams that should be able to make the tournament this year. I can't see why not. <clears throat> Just it, it's difficult, man, when you got to get the right recruits and right players in. And now we can we can foresee that they have the talent. Point guard play, uh, that's always going to be an issue nowadays when your your point guard's got to be the leader of the team. has got to be the one that's pushing and taking care. Some, you know, you got a lot of guys that can score the ball really well, but they don't necessarily want to be able to push it up and down the entire game and have to worry about where everyone else is doing in, in, in the in that extent. But uh, Ben Howland's got a, a great opportunity uh, ahead of him. In, a, in one of the best, most competitive leagues. He's going to need to be one of those top five teams here. Uh, and I think they have the capability of doing so. Um, but, you know, as, as we said earlier, uh, these teams that are going to have that great point guard play, they are disruptors to um, to size, to, to, to defenses. Um, I, I remember when we played against Russ Smith and Peyton Siva in, in the tournament, and we had one of the best defenses in the game. And just Russ Smith just – broke our pick and roll defense and coach, you know, at the time he called the same exact play, you know, exactly what's happening. And just a point guard that, uh, and no matter how, you know, Scotty Wilpikin and I, and I felt like he, Scotty Wilpikin and I, we could stop anybody in the, in, uh, in the pick and roll, but Russ Smith with his ability uh, of being able to just go around me <laughs> and I'm right there. You know, that's, that's a, you know, being able to, to stop that, um, and having another point guard, you know, and we didn't have – Scotty Wilpigan, one of the best on-ball defenders that I've ever seen, not being able to stop that, uh, let alone if, if if Mississippi State doesn't have that point guard play to stop, you know, someone like a Ty Ty Washington or a J.D. Davidson or Javon Quinterly coming up here uh, in the league. They're, they might struggle because it doesn't matter uh, how many necessarily, uh, you know, if, if you can score a lot of points, but you're going to need, need to be able to, to put some defense up if you want to make it – make a run. Yeah, right. and – just, just to add quickly with, with Mississippi State, you know they're going to be among the biggest teams. You know, Ben Holland's always going to have big guys. So, like, to, to not have a point guard, like, you know, say like Sharif Cooper last year who has the ball in his hands uh, uh, more than Chris Paul, you know, the highest usage rate of any player. I don't think Ben Holland even wants that. I think he just wants, you know, Iverson Molinar as a scorer. Okay, get it down to Tolu Smith on the block. Get it into Garrison Brooks' hand. So I, I don't think he, he he doesn't mind. You know, it's nice to have that sort of floor general, but I think he can have success without it. All right, so let me ask you guys this. Two more things, and then we can get out of here. First and foremost, I want your one team out of that bottom six. We haven't talked about Ole Miss, 
Texas A&M, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, or Georgia. Out of those six teams, uh, PB, who do you think is the most likely to make a run and get into the NCAA tournament? Kind of put together a, a, a resume ooh, strong ooh, enough to get ooh, in. Ooh, make ooh, a run? Ooh, not, ooh. not make a run in the – like get get into the tournament. We talked about this. I mean, okay. you mentioned it. It's a, it's a eight – Eight bids in this league. Which one of those bottom six do you think has the best chance to get in? To get in the tournament. I'm telling you, I've been waiting for Ole Miss. For, first of all, like, I think Florida is – in the, those teams you mentioned are all um, – have gone through, whether it's a transition with something that happened with Florida, which I went uh, – I think they went to the worst of any team in the country last year. Mm-hmm. So, huge question mark. I'm going to go um, with Ole Miss. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I, I, think I Kermit, like them too. I like them too. Yeah. It, it just feels like a Kermit Davis roster, right? Bunch of old dudes, bunch of tough dudes. They got Nizier Brooks transferring in. Jamie Brakefield from Duke is a guy I think is going to have a big year. Mm-hmm. It feels like this is kind of a Kermit Davis roster, right? Hey, listen, Kermit's going to get the most out of everybody he's got. <laughs> he's going to demand that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ole Miss finish in the top five. I wouldn't be surprised. They're, they're, they're definitely one of those dark horse teams. And it's, it's, it's tough to, to win there. And that, that's, you know, we, what we're talking about now would be the difference between getting in eight teams from the SEC, seven teams. Um, I don't know. You know, the, the other thing too is though, like Pat, you said, you know, with Javon Quinterly, best best player on the best team. But if Scottie Pippen Jr. can get Vanderbilt by the end of the season to the 6-7 in the SEC range, 7-8 maybe, fighting for that spot, a bubble team, or – now, is he good enough to do that? Can he average 25? He can put a team on his back. So maybe it's – you know, it could be Vanderbilt because they've got that – that type of player that can make that big of a difference. Yeah. And they got the big kid coming in from Minnesota too, who was uh, uh, Liam Robbins. Who's, um, who's really good. Good defender. Going to block. Oh, Dylan DeSue is still there. No, he trained. He's at, he's at Texas we, now. Uh, no, not. I know. But if he was still there, oh, yeah, we'd yeah. have a much, much different conversation about him. Oh, oh, 100%. But, uh, yeah. but he's not there. All right. So let's, um, let's, let's wrap it with this. Uh, PY, you said Javon Quinterly was your preseason player of the year. Uh, PB, are you are you on that train? Are you on the Scottie Pippen train? Who do you like for player of the year? Me? Yeah, you. I'm going with Scottie Pip, man. Pip. I'm going with the Pip. <laughs> Only because he coming back. I'm, I'm just kind of cycling through the players um, and uh, who that I know the most of that I can trust. And the, the, the kid just everyone continues to say, he can't do that again. And you know what he does? He does that and he plays better. So it's like, okay, I mean, what are we going to believe? Well, how much more we got to believe, right? It's, you know what I'm saying, P.Y.? You got to believe, baby. It's like, what else is he going to show us? But, I, like, how many – I would love to go back. I should have done this before and look at how many preseason uh, player of the years actually became the postseason player of the year because – you know, it's 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 never it's never truly accurate. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't always work out that way. Um, I'm kind of on the Javon Quinterly bandwagon, but that's just because I think I think Alabama's going to end up being like a top two seed again, and I can see him being someone that averages like 
14 points and nine assists, and it's just the engine of that transition game. My first team, all-SEC team in the preseason, Kennedy Chandler, Javon Quinterly, Scotty Pippen Jr., Colin Castleton, and somebody from Kentucky. I don't know who it's going to end up being, but you know somebody, somebody from Kentucky is going to have a great season. I just don't know who it's going to end up being. So I'm just I'm leaving that last spot blank so uh, so we can say it's someone from Kentucky. This way, I bet you said that last year, too. Yeah, I, I, I did say that last year too, and we saw how that ended up working out. I'm really excited for uh, for you know just seeing Alabama with JD Davison, Jaden Shackelford, and Javon Quinterly. I think those three guards they're going to be. They might. I don't know what the record is for like the three guards being able to you know points, assists, turnover ratio, uh, but I think they are they're going to probably go down as one of the best. Uh, of all, you know, I think on paper of all time in the SEC. That's my hot take, my prediction. As yeah, they're far gonna, as they're going to get a lot of shots up. That is for sure. They're going to get a lot of shots up. Yeah, so gonna, I, I heard a, I heard a funny story about JD um, when he uh, uh, when he tried out or when he when he went to go play in the EYBL. I think it was his before his sophomore season in high school. Remember this kid, McDonald's All American, five star recruit. Before his sophomore, he had to try out for his AAU team. That's how small the town is. That he's from in Alabama. When uh, Nato's told me when he went to go recruit him um, to go visit him at school, the kids showed up late for school, and he said because the bulls got out of the yard and he had to go help wrangle the bulls because the, the bulls, they had a, yeah, they, they had a farm and he had to go help the bulls got out of their uh, their fence. So that was uh, incredible. I'm a yeah. huge fan. Yeah, so I'm already a fan of that guy. Well, listen uh, for Pat Bradley. And for Patrick Young, I really do appreciate you guys being here. That was our SEC preview. All of these takes, they are guaranteed to happen. Just lock them in. They are factual. We're, uh, we're basically coming from the future. So, gentlemen, I appreciate oh, you. Oh, this is for real? Yeah, yeah. This was, this was for real. We're locking it in. You got to take your shirt off. Yeah, you didn't take your shirt off yet. I got to go do some squats, boys. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, fellas.